Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Tonight is my one co-host, Quinny Ice. Quinn, what's going on, man? How are we doing tonight? I'm doing pretty well, man. Just full of our Olive Garden right now, so I'm pretty stuffed. Might be a little sleepy here in a second, but I mean, it was tasty. Dude, you, know? you and your Olive Garden, man. Nothing better. The breadsticks, chicken yoki, the chicken Alfredo. Oh my gosh, all of it. Dude. I still have another meal left over from leftovers because I got so full on soup and breadsticks. I pretty much have my whole entree. Wait, what kind of soup do you get there? Chicken and yoki. Okay. Okay. I have chicken and dumpling. Gone, I've only gone to Olive Garden a couple times in my life. Uh, the breadsticks are legit, but I've never gotten a soup there, so I was I was curious. You always get the salad. Uh, yeah, yes, I get the salad and then whatever main course. I mean, the salad is good there, but the chicken and yoki soup, which Emily and I will like make at home sometimes and it turns out really good um so maybe check into that but the soup is very very good um perfect for like a breadstick dip you know um okay. you just dunk the little breadstick in there and just gives it a little more flavor it's oh, i love it so much yeah check that out yeah check that out all right well good to know you're full we'll get this <laughs> podcast going so you don't fall asleep on us but uh yeah yeah a little, little snoozy <laughs> Yeah. It's all good. <laughs> um, Heidi's not with us tonight. He had some prior engagements, but he should be back next week. Um, so we were not going to have Heidi's rants, but look at some of our social media because I'm sure he'll be putting out a bunch of stuff for college football, which is usually what his rants are about. He has been on one lately, too. His picks have been hitting. I like he's just hitting, picking all these upsets and he's just hitting every single one. Like he's been going off. He called um, Texas. He called, he called Texas. Texas. He called Wazoo beating Wisconsin last week too. Like he, I I forget what it was, but like he hit a ridiculous amount. I think he only lost like missed like one or two picks out of all of them. Week one was pretty good too, but not quite as good as week two. So, uh, he, he's he's killing think, it. So I think he listen only had up. Three losses on week one. So yes, he might have only had one loss last week then, right? I think so. I he's. Check them out. Check them out. That's all we're saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, I always say at the end of the podcast, but we have been putting out a bunch of really cool content recently. So, check out our our socials whenever you can. And speaking of that really quick, before we do head into our main topics, congratulations to Tyler Wickard, who uh, won the free ticket, our, uh, one of our followers of Benjamin McBanter, uh, to go to Texas and watch the game with us. Still trying to see if he's going to be able to, to make it or not. But regardless, <laughs> we got somebody who wants to go. So, good on us. <laughs> Congrats, freaked out by having to sit next to Heidi and and buy us beer and us getting them water. So something worked out, I guess. But uh, yeah, congratulations to Tyler Wickard. Thanks for thanks for participating and to whoever else participated as well. We appreciate it. So it was a lot of fun. 
Um, <laughs> and now moving into our main topics, just kind of wanted to briefly touch on the U.S. Open. Uh, we last kind of discussed the semis and where they're at. I was really looking forward to seeing the Ben Shelton and Djokovic match, but you know, Ben Shelton has a hell of a career ahead of him. But god dang, dude, Djokovic is just a stud. Dude, I was actually able to watch a good amount of that at work. And yeah, like we had TV on. I had a patient cancel or something. And I was just kind of sitting there watching. And like Sheldon had moments. He was looking really good. And he would like go on a little run. But then Djokovic would just like rally back. And like he just wouldn't make the types of mistakes that, um, uh, why can't I think of Shelton um, that he was making? You could tell he was pressing and he was trying to be like perfect. He was just kept on missing the line by like just that much and just barely going out. Um, you could He was pressing some, which I mean, you kind of have to do going against probably the greatest tennis player of all time, which kills me to say. Um, but he's definitely got a bright future. He's got a big, powerful serve, good forehand, good backhand, lefty. He's got like a lot of stuff going for him. The um, thing. Oh, go ahead. Yeah. No. Oh, no. I, the I thing. Pretty... The, the thing I found interesting with Shelton is just like his body type. I mean, you look at all tennis players, more so in the men, I guess. Tall, lanky, just similar body types, right? Shelton, six four, two twenty. Like he's 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 a big dude for tennis, at least. He right? he was sweating like a mother though. Uh, he like <laughs> I, I don't know if he was like out of shape. I'm sure he wasn't. Some people. I mean, you know me. I. I'm a sweater, you know, it's so like there. it happens, especially like with those more like basketball gets me more than anything, which I mean, yeah. tennis, like obviously not the same, but similar movements and like kind of quick just side to side movements yeah. for a long time. So yeah. um, that might be nothing really, sure. but like he was sweating. A lot. Yeah. yeah, well, I mean, Djokovic ended up winning that match in the semis and then Medvedev actually ended up beating Alcaraz. And for those who don't aren't aware of this. Medvedev won the U.S. Open, I believe, in 2021, I believe. Uh, and they were saying how much how much he loves playing at the U.S. Open, et cetera. And so he had an advantage uh, going into the U.S. Open. And Alcaraz, I mean, uh, unbelievable as well. I mean, he's one of the best tennis players out right now. But it ended up being a great finals match between Medvedev and, and Djokovic. And uh, it wasn't easy by any, you know... Uh, by any standards, but Djokovic obviously came out on top, and I mean, he's just... How many sets did it go? I think four, if I'm not mistaken. I think it went four. Um, But it's just Djokovic right now is on a level. I mean, he's kind of up there in age, too, ironically. I think he's like 36, 37, so like, it's not like he's young, either. It's not like he's young, but he still continues to just dominate. He just hasn't dealt with, like, the injuries that Nadal had especially, but even Federer towards the end of his career had some injuries. And it's just Djokovic hasn't gotten to that level yet, which with his age being what it is, I mean, it could. Um, one thing when I was watching Shelton and um, Djokovic, I was just like, what is it about Serbia? Like, and they're producing some world-class athletes. That's like, you point. have Djokovic, which, like, uh, I mean, Jokic. Um, oh, yeah, Jokic. NBA. Yeah, yeah. Jokic, yeah. He, I mean, probably the best player on the planet right now in basketball, which is yeah. body type wise, definitely a weird one. But like, yeah. and then Jokic is just like insane on the court. It's like, dang, they're yeah. hiding some people from everybody, you know? I, I mean, I know 
I mean, whatever. Disagree, agree, I don't care. But one of the reasons why Djokovic was not getting the COVID vaccine, I remember a lot of it was about what he does with his body, his maintenance. Like, he was really like, listen, I take care of my body. Like, he was going on his rampage and, like, was giving his explanation. So, I don't know what he does, doesn't do, whatever. But, yeah, I mean, clearly the guy, he's performing at a top-tier level in tennis and that age, he's doing something right, you know? So, um and so now moving towards the females, you know, it was Coco Goff in the finale versus Sabalenka. Sabalenka actually took the uh, the first set, and Coco came back to win the next two. And uh, it's just so cool to see Coco Goff win it, 19 years old, youngest player since Serena won it when she was 17 years old, which is really cool. Something I was actually um, uh, kind of upset about for my fandom was when Coco was interviewed at the end of the semifinals game or match. She said she never had a chance to play against Serena. She was like, there was a couple of matches that she was like, I needed to win and I didn't, or, or Serena needed to win and she didn't. And they would have met up. It never happened. That sucks. And I think about it too. I'm like, you know what? That makes sense. Cause if that match happened, I would have been tuning in wherever the hell I might've been. Like I, that would have been must watch TV, at least for me. And I'm mm-hmm. like, Oh my gosh. It never went down. And it kind of would have been an, an even match because Serena was kind of declining. Coco was trying to figure herself out a couple years ago whenever Serena was still playing. It would have been an interesting match, you know? That would be it. That would have been. And, and, I mean, I know she's retired, but she did, like, leave the door open for a possible return. So don't. She did? Yeah, I mean, she didn't, like, fully. Like, she was, like, wanting to move on to the next chapter, right? But mm-hmm. then she was, like. I thought she left it open, like, there, I could maybe return one day or something. Like, I don't know if she would, but, like, probably not. But, yeah. I mean, I know she wanted to have more kids and stuff, but yeah. maybe I'm just making that up. But that would be cool. If, like, even if it was, like, a friendly or, like, an exhibition match or charity game, that would be kind of cool to see. I'd want to see that so bad, mm-hmm. you know. And so Coco winning it at the age of 19, and uh, it, it was just, it was, it was really cool. And then the props that she was giving her parents and seeing them emotional in the stands and everything. And, and I don't know, it was, it was awesome. And she's been getting all the notoriety and everything ever since. And she deserves it, man. And like we said a couple pods ago, this is just the start, man. She's just hitting her stride. She is just hitting her stride. So I can't wait to see what, you know, next year's tour brings her, you know? So congratulations to both Coco Goff and Novak Djokovic for, you know, being the winners of the, the U.S. Open in 2023. So, um, Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. 
More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So that's pretty much it for, for tennis now. We want to move towards... Major League Baseball, uh, different topics this time. We've been usually giving you guys the update on standings and kind of where teams are right now for the playoff push. But we kind of want to move towards the National League, in particular the MVP race. I, in general, I'm just interested to see the turnout of these National League teams in postseason because it seems like the NL, in a sense, has been stronger. Correct me if I'm wrong. I feel it than the AL. We saw it in the, in, in the All-Star game, too, in a sense. More uh, dominant for sure. I feel like, and I mean, yeah, I guess pretty much top to bottom, like two of the worst teams in the league are the Royals and A's. So like that, both on the AL, and I mean the NL wild card has been a dog fight. Plus you have the Braves kind of 17 game lead, Dodgers commanding lead in the AL West. So it's like there's definitely a bigger separation. You have those elite, elite teams, whereas in the AL, it's mostly been Baltimore, Tampa Bay running with that crown yeah. um, for most of the year. Texas had it for a little while, but faded back. But yeah, I'd say NL is definitely kind of more scary going forward, like for well, an AL team looking at them, you know? And you talk about established teams too, right? Like who's clinched already? Right. That's in the NL. So like, you know, mm-hmm. the Braves just clinched today. The Dodgers are there uh, besides the NL Central being a wild card. You know, it's. Yeah, I mean, Same thing with the AL still... Central. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the Central is always a freaking mess. <laughs> but uh, so we want to talk about the four candidates that we that are kind of up in the air right now for the National League MVP. Quinn, I'll kind of let you give the um the nominees that we kind of have and we're going to pick and see which mvp which player we think is going to win the mvp because damn it's close yeah so like you said there's only there's four guys that like real realistically have a chance only three of which are technically gonna be a candidate at the end of the year um so that makes it even more challenging right i mean i'll start it off with mookie Betts. um he's having an unreal year hitting 317 39 home runs 164 hits and 8.1 war um, stolen base wise. He's got 11. So, I mean, nothing crazy. Uh, 103 RBIs solid all around year. Um, fantastic year Four eleven on base percentage. Jeez. So just, just keep that in mind. Um, so kind of go on to Acuna next. He's in three 33, 37 home runs. So, Batting average goes to Acuna. Home run goes to Mookie Betts. Uh, 7.4 war, so that's less than Mookie. Um, obviously, we know he has more stolen bases. He's got 65 right now, um, and he's got 97 RBIs. So, like, they're kind of going back and forth. One has more in one category. One has more in another. His on-base percentage is 415, so that's all really comparable. Um, both. Unreal. Both are very much so deserving of an MVP award. Um, going to Matt Olson next. He's hitting 281, but he's got 51 long balls, which he's just been going on a tear lately. We can go on that in a second. A 6.5 war. He's got 154 total hits. Um, obviously, the stolen base number isn't going to be there. He's got one. Um, but he's got 128 RBIs, which I believe is tops in the whole MLB. 
as well as the home runs are. So like he's having a great year, 388 on base percentage and his slugging is 619, which I think might be kind of near the top of the MLB as well. And a 1006 OPS. So that is elite. I didn't see the other guy's OPS. I was going to ask what the OPS was for Mookie. I didn't hear it, but yeah. And then Mookie's is 1018. Jesus so. Christ. Little better than Olsen, which with those home run numbers, that tells you something. And then Acuna is 1.001. So he's third on the list out of that. Um, moving into number four, Freddie Freeman. So he's hitting 339, which is tops out of all those guys. 26 home runs, 194 hits, 6.3 war. Um, I know he has a ridiculous amount of doubles this year. I think oh, he, yeah, he's, he's like got 55 doubles. 55. I think he's like trying to get to 60, which would be a very unique feat. Yeah. Um, he's got 93 RBIs. He's actually got 18 stolen bases, which Freddie. doesn't make any sense, right? Freddie Freeman, 18 stolen bags. Um, a 416 on base percentage. So that's tops um overall the candidates but his ops is 0.995 so worse there um out of the candidates so but like still an amazing amazing year 93 rbis if i didn't say that so yeah all four are just having unreal years and it's hilarious how they come from two teams (laughs) i was just gonna say before we make our pick something that always goes into it is okay how, if you didn't have this player, would you be where you're at, right? That's got to be something that goes, like Judge last year, right? Who won it? Would the Yankees have been anywhere that where we were last year for Judge? No, right? So you don't have Otani in play in the NL, right? So this is a fair game. But you do have the top four candidates, two of each on the same team who have won their division, which in a way kind of makes it harder because like, the top two teams in baseball as well. Yeah, sorry, yeah, that wise. as well. I, I'm I'm pretty sure. Rate well, the Orioles might the be Orioles. up there as well. Well, yeah. re- either way, but, but regardless, top of the top three. two teams yeah. in the NL, and it's just like, I, I mean, the Braves are are stacked beyond belief. It's it's not just Olsen and Acuna they're doing it. I mean, Jesus Christ, their team is so loaded that it's like I don't know. I mean, but then you also can't deny what they've done to help get the Braves where they're at. And same with a same with Mookie Betts and, and Freeman. Like, geez, I will say this. I will say this. The Braves, I think top to bottom have more just depth and just like yes. pieces around them. I feel like Dodgers without Mookie or without Freddie would not be quite to their level as much as the Braves. That's a fair point. Um, I think, I think the, I mean, the Braves just won a world series a couple years ago without Acuna. So like, that's a deep, deep team. Um, Jesus. Uh, I forgot about so, that. So, yeah. I mean, I, I, I do think... I mean, but I don't want to take anything away from them either. Just because... Yeah. Yeah, no, I, I don't want to take away from anything from them either. That's the thing. It's like, it's just when you have two players on each team that are putting up ridiculous numbers, it's just like how in the hell are the voters going to make their decision? And and like I said, it's just, they're two top teams in the NL. I don't know. I, I mean, I have my pick, yeah. you know yours. Um, 
Yes, I do. You want me to go first or you want to go first? You can go first. I think Mookie Betts should win it. Okay. I don't want to sound biased because, I mean, I am a Dodger fan, but just like you look at the war, it's higher for Mookie. Like a, the overall consensus leans more towards Mookie. More categories lean towards his side. Plus the fact, in my opinion, I feel like without Mookie, especially with the flexibility that he's shown around the diamond position-wise, because they've been dealing with all sorts of positional needs throughout the mm-hmm. season. He's played shortstop. He's played second. He's played outfield. He's filled the need all around the field yeah. for the Dodgers. Yeah. Acuna, they, I mean, they haven't, rightfully so, they haven't needed to rely on him for that. I mean, not that he would be able to play the infield. Maybe he could. He probably could do anything he wants. Yeah. He's a freak. But yeah. I, I think just top to bottom, Mookie Betts is more important to the Dodgers than Acuna is to the Braves. Not taking anything away from Acuna because he's unbelievable. But he has such a strong supporting cast around him. Um, and they yeah. like they are setting home run records all over, all across the field, you know? So um, I think because of that, I lean more Mookie. Um, Acuna, sure, he's got more stolen bases, which, I mean, I feel like out of all the categories, stolen bases probably le- like are least important in terms of batting average, home runs, RBIs, all of that. Yeah. So, I mean... That's like obviously it's crazy seeing him almost have like a probably might get to a 40 40 season, a 40 60 technically, maybe 40 70. Like it's going to be insane. But overall, I still lean more towards Mookie. Obviously, batting average is also more towards Acuna too. But other than that, pretty much everything else leans more Mookie. So I'm going to say Acuna. That's that was my pick from the jump before you even said Mookie for the reasons you just said that to to go against right that the record numbers with his with his home runs, stolen bases, et cetera. I agree with everything you said with Mookie. It's I, he I I think he does probably have a bigger impact for the team comparatively to Acuna for the reasons you said categories wise. Like you said, he does kind of beat him out, but the his, historic season Acuna is putting up and those and and everything else surrounding the hype and everything. I don't know. I, I it's, it's obviously going to be close, but my pick would be Acuna just because of those crazy numbers that he is putting up along with the brave success. I don't, I, I mean, I can't get into a writer's head because I don't agree with a lot of the stuff that they do and vote for anyways, but I don't, it's going to be very interesting to see. I know, I know a huge, a huge reason that the writers vote for their pick is for the, how they help the team out, but I do, I, I don't think they can look past the crazy numbers Acuna has put up. So that's my reason why I would pick, I'd pick Acuna. I will say Acuna has been caught stealing 13 times. Wow. Which is kind of surprising. Still, still like an 83% success rate. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of shocking a little bit. It's kind of actually 13. Huh? Yeah. Um, I mean, I, I don't think you can really can go wrong with either guy. I do think Freddie Freeman and Matt Olson are on the outside looking in. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I It's hard for me to even say who gets that third nomination spot. I think with the tear he's been going on, Matt Olson might get it. But either way, um, it's going to come down to Mookie Betts or Ronald Acuna. I, I, feel like, I feel like because of the history aspect to it, Acuna is probably going to get it. Um, we've seen it plenty of times, like last year, it was the deciding factor judge 
record-breaking yep. home run numbers. Otani yep. doing hitting and pitching at an elite levels, both sides. So, so that's what I'm yeah. saying. That's that's yeah. that's my reasoning behind Acuna. Like the historic numbers he's putting up, you can't you can't overlook that. I'm not saying you can overlook what Mookie has done either. All four of these guys in general are just studs this year, but are in general. But yeah, it's gonna be tight. It's gonna be very tight and see who yep. ends up getting it. So. Yep. Um, now moving towards the last topic for the MLB, at least, uh, we just saw a list come out today by Alden Gonzalez of ESPN, uh, giving a partial list of starting of the starting pitchers who won't finish the season because of injury. I'm just going to list them all off super, super quick. And we'll talk about a couple of them and give our thoughts as to why we think this could be happening, but it's been very alarming. And the list goes, Scherzer, DeGrom, Darvish, Dustin May, Gonsolin, McClanahan, Jeffrey Springs, Rasmussen, Robbie Ray, uh, Gonzalez, Painter, Frankie Montas, Nestor Cortez, McCullers, uh, Garcia, Marquez, and Shohei Otani with an asterisk. And potentially Alcantara as well. And that just came out. Thank you for reminding me of that. So... Obviously, all these in, all of these pitchers have different injuries in their own way that are specific to the player. But this has got to be one of the more alarming lists that I've seen come out. It just came out this today, and we're going to just briefly discuss it. But, I mean, I, I don't know if it's pitch clock. I don't know if it's age. I don't think the cult, the COVID years behind us, you can't talk about ramp up and 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 just overwork or, or bodies not being used to adjusted schedules. That that's that's two years ago, right? So you would imagine that these guys are ramped up to where they need to be. Uh, I mean, of course, every there's a few pitchers on that list that are injury prone and are older, so those are kind of outlying, you know, outside circumstances. But still, it's a huge list and. I don't care who you're a fan of. You don't want to see anybody get injured, and especially at that rate. So it's alarming. I think one of the more alarming factors for it is are the names on the list. Um, some of the best pitchers in baseball are on this list. Yeah. With a wide range of experience levels, age, everything. I mean, you got DeGrom, obviously. We know his history. Scherzer's been a pretty steady workhorse, and obviously he's older, but this year is kind of getting him and then you look at like dustin may and mcclanahan granted mcclanahan has had tommy john in the past um but like you have some young names painter he's a prospect so it's like it's not just these older guys and i mean sure maybe pitch clock has a factor with it i mean at the same time a lot of these minor leaguers have been doing this for last couple seasons right but they don't necessarily throw the same a level of innings as these big league guys do. But then, I mean, some of these injuries happened earlier in the year too. So they didn't have that wear and tear from the pitch clock. I I think a lot of it is kind of just luck of the draw, so to speak. And I mean, I would be curious to see like last year and the year before, like the names, because obviously like it stacks up every year, pitchers getting hurt, ending their seasons. I'd be curious to see what the list was like last year um, comparatively just see if it was more or less or like different names and stuff. But like, there's a lot of different factors. That's hard to say what exactly it is. I'm sure some of these are, a lot of these are elbows. I already know that, but some probably your shoulders as well. And just kind of freak things. I mean, a Terry's minor major strain for Max Scherzer. um, He was dealing with that in spring training and stuff. I remember hearing about it and I mean, it's not a rotator cuff or anything like that, but like it's still, 
big time muscle that we're using. It's an internal rotator of the shoulder. So like we're using that when we're pitching a lot, that and the lats. Um, so like it's going to make an impact if there's a strain there. Um, it was funny how they're like, because did you watch it happen? I, I saw replays. I didn't like yeah, watch like it. Yeah, like he was like but... shaking his arm out. And like they were saying it was a triceps um, spasm. Yeah. Yes. Which I mean, I guess like they're both kind of inserting in the shoulder and stuff. But like that's kind of a random. Maybe it was spasming because everything else was kind of freaking out. But I don't know. It's interesting how they came to that conclusion initially and then pretty quickly came to the realization that it was Terry's major because like, they're different areas of the body but yeah um uh, closely related i don't know um it, it's interesting and it's definitely sad to see some of these names on the list because it's definitely a hindrance especially for playoffs coming around the corner gonna be not not having some of these guys on there yeah and this does this doesn't include like walker bueller who i guess his injury was last year but he was gonna come back but now he's not and things like that so like there's other names too that aren't even eligible for yeah. this list yeah, and you just brought up a good point, too. I was thinking of that because, you know, you talk about the playoff push. I know a lot of times it's very common throughout a season. It's such a long MLB season that a lot of times position players mostly, it's common they're playing through injuries throughout the year. They get banged up. There are certain sorenesses and stuff they're dealing with, and they just try to stay on the field if it's smart. So for pitchers, obviously, you're going to have soreness. You're going to have some bumps on the road physically. But it just sucks because I feel like maybe part of the, this reason why is because people don't know their limit. They try and push it. They think they're going to try and tough it out, deal with whatever injury or soreness they're they're dealing with at that time. And then it turns into something bigger and then, boom, they're out, you know, for a longer amount of time. I don't know. Every every injury is different, but it just it does make me think. About I mean, you saw Rizzo trying to play through a concussion, too. He word smart. That was not smart. I know. <laughs> Uh, he he I mean, hasn't yeah, played since I mean, that, right? Yeah, and that's the thing too. I mean, Dominguez, right? He's not a pitcher, but he was feeling soreness on a weekend against the Astros, and three days later, we we were like, "Hey, let's shut him down, check it out," and then boom, it turns up being a UCL tear, right? So like, which is so odd. It's very so odd. odd. It's ve- and but that's the thing. He he was just soreness. It was just soreness, not a big deal. And then he's like, "Okay," in the cage three days later, it's hard for me to hit some pop, right? With some pop, so it's like, then boom. We got the MRI. So with these pitchers, I don't know. I don't know. They could be trying to push it, and which I get it. They're athletes. They're they're dogs. They're warriors. That's what they want to be on the mound. But then this happens. It's, it's interesting because he like made it seem like yeah, it's impacting his hitting. But like Bryce Harper last year before he had the procedure, he was hitting even yeah. with it going on. You know, and Otani he has done that this year as well. Sure. Granted, we don't know the extent of Otani's injury. Bryce Harper, he definitely needed Tommy John. He had Tommy John. Um, came back as a hitter before. We all know that. So I'm guessing they'll probably do a similar approach with Dominguez. Um, separate topic, but I mean, we talked about Brock Purdy and how he had a different procedure done instead of Tommy John. He came out and he was chucking the ball around really nice last week. So I don't know, again, like I don't know everything about that procedure and how it would correlate with the pitcher who's throwing the ball a little bit more often with maybe not as much force but more force continuously sure. more repetitions with that i wonder which i guess maybe for an outfielder it would work okay just because it would be similar frequency but it would it would be interesting to see if that's something players go more towards especially if it's a position player too yeah i mean hey i, I mean 
I'm upset, but it's not like the Yankees. Like I said, it was a miracle for us to get into the playoffs this year. So this injury, unfortunately, it's happening, but it's happening at the right time. He'll, he should be, should be back early next year. He's 20 years be, old, for God's sake. So He'll heal up very fast, but yeah. like it would have been great experience for him to just finish off the year. He was killing it. He was going off. I mean, I'm just, that was probably the biggest thing for me. It was like, I just, I was turning on Yankees games to watch him play and he was not disappointing. And now it's like, I'm still watch, but it's like, where's Dominguez? But anyways, so <laughs> uh, it's unfortunate for all these pitchers, like we were saying, I'm hoping that next year and years to come, it's a little bit, a little bit better and not as bleak, but uh, yeah, it sucks seeing all these injuries for sure. So um, now moving on, uh, no more baseball, kind of head into the NFL. Uh, Quinn's going to go ahead and recap. The crazy week one, that was the National Football League, and then he'll go into his section to talk about the upcoming week. What a week one that was. That was the most unpredictable thing I've ever watched in my life. A lot of them. Um, Like, my predictions, they weren't the best, but I would look at other people's, and they were very bad as well, so it made me not feel as bad about mine like all these experts they were finishing the week like eight and eight i was about eight to eight seven and nine with like uh spreads and everything like that so it's like such a wild week teams yeah. that you didn't think had a chance pulled off upsets and like good teams looked like shit so yeah. um just kind of go over some surprising ones um starting it off i mean the rams made the seahawks look I don't even know like what, but it was disgusting. I'm glad I wasn't able to watch the game. I was at a wedding and there wasn't great reception or everything like that. I listened to the first half and it sounded pretty good. Like it was 13-7. We were up. Um, final score ended up being 30-13. to So we we gained a total. I think it was, I've heard two different things, either 12 total yards or 14 total yards in the second half. Just shit the bed in the half. Meanwhile, we could not stop them at all. They just they ran all over us. They threw all over us. They had these two Puka Nakua and then Tutu Atwell. Both receivers had over 100 yards. Um, Puka, that was for Puka Nakua. That was his first game ever. Rookie out of BYU. 15 targets, 10 catches for 119 yards or something like that. It just we looked bad. <laughs> That's all there is to it. Um, well, we weren't the only team. Bengals lost to the Browns three to twenty-four. Joe Burrow looked horrible. T. Higgins had no catches on eight targets. It's just like insane. Um, Vikings lost to the Buccaneers, who started Baker Mayfield, who didn't look that bad. He looked good, yeah. Kirk Cousins couldn't do shit. Like the, just so weird. Um, my prediction of the Panthers did not come true at all. <laughs> Falcons actually looked a lot better. Bryce Young looked like he he looked like a rookie quarterback. It was not good. Um, Steelers, I thought it would be more competitive, but the 49ers took care of business. Um, let's see, Chargers and the Dolphins. I knew that game would be high scoring. It was because a- Chargers, like no matter what they do for their defense, their defense always sucks. Yep. Same thing with the Dolphins too. I feel like I feel like they'll have solid players, but like. These two teams, they're like the same type of team. They have great And when you need to stop the most, it doesn't. You can't get it. You can't get it. Um, So, I mean, entertaining game to watch. Love it for fantasy. Um, If you have anybody on that team, Tyreek Hill and Tua went off. Uh, I think Tua had 466-yard passing, 
Um, Tyreek Hill had like 211 yards receiving, just insane numbers. Um, but I mean, yeah, disappointing for me for your Charger fan. Yeah, too uh, Definitely. Eagles, they held off the Patriots. I thought that was going to be, I mean, defending Super Bowl runner up, kind of barely holding off the New England Patriots, who Mike Jones looked better. Um, but it didn't look good on offense for the Eagles. Maybe that was Patriot defense being better this year, or I don't know. It looked it looked off. Um, Packers, they found their next great quarterback. Jordan Love looked good. Jordan Love dude. looked good. He looked yeah. good. He has the number one passer rating in the NFL right now and tied for the lead with touchdown passes. Not granted, small sample size, but he, he had looked three, really right? good. He three, three touchdown passes. Yeah. Damn, um, overall, like a lot of teams disappointed. A lot of unders hit this week. Like it was like not great scoring. It was like the out of the previous two years, total touchdowns. This year there was like 56, 58, like in the 50s. Last year I think it was like. 80 or 70 in that range and the year before it was about the same so it's like way down this year touchdowns total um cowboys made the giants look silly 40 to nothing that was disgusting i'm glad i didn't even watch that game um giants were i'm glad i had the cowboys defense in one of my fantasy leagues because they went off they had two touchdowns um and then i mean so then going to monday night football Four plays into his Jets career, Aaron Rodgers ruptures of the Achilles, done for the year. Um, I think Heidi was texting, asking if I think he's going to come back, which you never know what Aaron Rodgers is going to do. I, I think he'll heal up just fine, you know, um, but it's like he's 39 years old. He's had a really good career. Like He has made plenty of money. But at the same time, I don't think I think he's a little too selfish or like too self-absorbed to let his career end like this. No offense to you, Rodgers. I feel like you would agree. But like, I feel like you wouldn't want his career to end on such a negative note. I feel like he wants to show something. And he seemed like he was really happy in New York and was really excited to like bring the fans something and like bring some of these younger players something. So like, I kind of feel bad for him, even though I'm not like a huge fan of his. But um, I do feel bad for the Jets fans. I honestly am kind of rooting for Zach Wilson now for some reason. I hope he does well. But like in years past, like I've never really cared much about him. Like, yeah. Um, but like I kind of want him to do well. I, 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 I'm rooting for him kind of. Um, and I do think it's kind of going to be a good situation for him as opposed to like last year when he was starting. He's got Aaron Rodgers there to even like – with the injury, he's still going to be able to pick his brain about stuff. And I'm sure he's going to kind of continue to be that leader for him because he's kind of taken on that role for Zach Wilson, which is kind of good of him because, I mean, he knows he's not going to be there forever. So, um, I mean, anyways, Jets beat the Bills, even without Aaron Rodgers and everything. Bills looked horrible. Josh Allen had four turnovers. He looked horrible. Probably the worst game of his career. Um, so the Bills definitely have to figure some stuff out. They should be fine. They're a good team, but the Jets, a lot of question marks for the rest of this year. Um, their defense is great, so that was another factor that kind of hurt the Bills. Um, the running game, Brees Hall looked amazing, fresh yeah. off an ACL injury, so like I think he's going to be good, but their passing game is going to need a lot of help. 
They're about to go up against the Cowboys next week, so that's going to be rough. But I'll get into that in a little while. Yeah, and I saw Robert Salah come out and say, I mean, I don't, I don't watch the Jets or follow them, obviously, but he did say that Zach Wilson's made a lot of strides compared to last year, and it's got to do with what you just said, right? Having Aaron Rodgers there as kind of a guy he can look towards as a mentor, a ma- huge mentor, and, you know, we'll see how week two and, the, you know, the following weeks go for the Jets, and especially Zach Wilson, but I'm with you too. Aaron Rodgers, what, he looked happy. I'm, I'm not a, a fan of Aaron Rodgers, nor... Uh, not a fan of Aaron Rodgers. He's just what he's just another quarterback for me. But like, he did seem happy there. He was, you know, looking forward to getting this next, yeah, next I mean, this, he, this year going. Yeah, he was going to Taylor Swift concerts. He had secret <laughs> handshakes with yeah. Sauce Gardner, and yeah. like he was doing, like he he was having fun, which it looked like he was just such like a he was not a happy camper in Green Bay. So like I it was know. actually interesting to see that. I haven't watched Hard Knocks. Like I never really have. Never really been that appealing especially with like just time time wise and everything but apparently this year was really good with the jets and like it was very concentrated around aaron Rodgers, and so you got to see a little bit more of that sure um, yeah but now, yeah i'm with you too with the, i'm with you too with the jets and i'll, I'll let I'll, last thing i'll say i naturally i have a bunch of jets and giants fans on my social media because i'm a yankees fan so all the yankees fans are either jets or giants fans for the most part a lot of them are Jets fans. So people on Twitter are like, if you were a Yankees fan and you had Jason Dominguez on the IL and a couple of days later you see Aaron Rodgers go down, I feel very sorry for you. <laughs> and I was just like, yeah, I mean, it was already rough enough for me with Dominguez. I can't even imagine how Jets fans would feel after seeing Rodgers go down. Like, holy My God. There like, was just imagine so... that. Like, two of your sports. I know. Like, I, it's, that's that's heavy. That's heavy, man. So I was That like, is. That is. I mean, like, there was so much excitement, too. Like, he brought out the flag, everything. It was, like, 9-11, big New York thing. Like, you know, know, like, it was huge for the city. And then just so soon, four plays. And you see him drop. Oh, my gosh. I, I, I wasn't watching, like, on, like, a TV. I was, like, watching off my phone, so it was hard to see the injury. But after looking back at it, I was like... Yeah, that's not good. Oh, you saw um, okay, yeah. So you saw it live, like slow motion. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So it didn't look good, and like everyone kind of like it's panned to Sala like after he was like off the field, and like you could tell like when you rupture your Achilles, you know, right? Um, so like you could tell he was just like he like was just pale, he, like like he just seen a ghost, you know? It was just like such a bleak look, just like oh my god, I can't believe that. Yeah. Um, it's feel if I feel for him, um, but I think they'll still have a solid year, even with Zach Wilson. Um, again, hoping for the best with him, but and I think this is going to be the best situation possible for him for his career if he's actually going to be somebody. I agree. I agree. And yeah, you still have Rogers there for advice and mentorship and whatever else you need, right? So. But and to answer Heidi's question, I do think he's going to return next year um, and oh, come yeah. back. Yeah, I would too. Yeah, I, yeah. He, he he is not ending it like this. I wouldn't even question it. I, I, I he's going to go I, on another darkness retreat just to announce it, though. <laughs> you know that. Yes, I have <laughs> seen some funny uh, uh, tweets though and stuff saying, "All right, incoming uh, Tom Brady or Philip Rivers to the New York Jets." I know, right? <laughs> Oh no, oh, that'd be bad. Yeah, that'd be bad. But um, yeah. So that's pretty much it for our main topics. But we are gonna head now into more NFL talk with Quinn. So 
Quinn, go ahead and take uh, trust me, I am a doctor now. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So keeping it on NFL, we're going to go over some matchups for this week. Going to go over ones that I especially like. Um, did the same thing on my post last week. Um, kind of put a little asterisk next to the ones that I really, really like for that uh, for that week's matchups and stuff. Um, starting it off next I guess that's tomorrow. Um, you got Minnesota at Philadelphia. Kirk Cousins, notorious for being terrible on primetime. So I'm going with the Eagles, having a little yeah. bounce back. Um, not, I mean, they won last week, but they didn't play well. So I think they're going to really stick it to Minnesota. Minnesota's defense is not it. Uh, they had a rough time stopping Baker Mayfield last week. So what do you think Jalen Hurts is going to do to him? So I'm taking in Philly minus six and a half and obviously their money line I do think this game hits the under which is 49 and a half so it's not going to be I think it's gonna be really one-sided I do think I mean Vikings save Justin Jefferson so they're gonna get something going but not a lot um Green Bay is at Atlanta Atlanta looked good last week Green Bay looked better um Green Bay is the better team Jordan loves solid I'm taking them minus one and a half. That's one of my ones I really like this week. Um, again, I think this game hits the under. I think it's going to be Atlanta's. They don't want to throw the ball at all. They're going to be running the ball. Clock's going to be moving pretty quick. Uh, so it's going to be a very rapid game. And I don't think there's going to be a lot of time for points. Um, but I do think it's going to lean more towards Green Bay. Chicago at Tampa Bay. Um I think Chicago had a bad week, week one against Green Bay. I'm going Tampa Bay money line, but I think Chicago. I think it's gonna be a closer game. Chicago plus three uh, for the spread, and I think it's gonna go over 41 and a half. I think Justin Fields has a bounce back game. I think Baker Mayfield throws the ball around a little bit, and like it's a solid game overall. Both teams play decent, but Tampa Bay comes away with the victory. Um, you got the Seahawks at Detroit. Um, I think this game hits the over, which is 47. That's one that I really like. Um, okay. Definitely going with the over. Seahawks, they're hard to predict, though. So, like, over, I forgot that the Seahawks, their top two, like their left tackle and right tackle are dealing with injuries and very questionable right now. So if they're not in, I don't have a lot of good outlook for the Seahawks offense in this game, and that might impact my decision on going for the over. Um I still think it could hit because I think Detroit's defense, they look pretty good against Kansas City, but nothing spectacular. But I think Detroit wins this game, and I think they cover minus five and a half, especially if the tackles are out, if the tackles are in. I was really close to going with Seahawks plus five and a half. Um, going with the Bills, they're going against the Raiders at home. So I'm going Buffalo, taking that one. They should. If they don't, it's going to be big time they trouble play for them. better than they did last yeah. time, for sure. Bills are minus nine and a half, so I'm thinking the Raiders actually cover that a little bit. Um, and this game hits the under. I think I think the Raiders have a hard time scoring, but I also think 
Bills still trying to figure some stuff out. So I don't think their offense can be necessarily clicking the way we've seen it in the past. Chargers are at Tennessee. I think mm. Chargers take this one. I think the game hits the over, and I think the Chargers are minus three, and I'll take that spread. Um, that's one that I really like. I think they're going to have a bounce back week. I don't like Tennessee's offense. Brian Tannehill looked bad last week. He had three interceptions. Herbert is a freak, and yeah. he's really good. So I'm taking the Chargers with that one. Eckler is dealing with an injury, but Joshua Kelly looked really good behind him. And I think they're going to be more of a one-two punch. Um, Kellen Moore, um, he is the offense coordinator for the Chargers. You know, he came over from Dallas. They did the two-head like monster him. was Zeke and Tony Pollard. Yeah. I think he's going to try to implement that same sort of thing with uh, Joshua Kelly and Eckler. Yeah, he put up um, good numbers with Dallas when he was there. So, yeah, I'm very yeah interested to see what kind of dynamics he brings to our offense. For sure. Um, next, you got a battle between two rookie quarterbacks. you got Anthony Richardson and the Colts at Houston with C.J. Stroud. Colts actually didn't look that bad um, last week. And I do think they're going to get the better side of Houston. Houston, not a great team. Indy, they have a lot of question marks, too, but like Anthony Richardson looked pretty good. He looked like the best rookie quarterback out there, um, so I think he's going to take care of business. Um, they're minus 126, so I'm taking that. Next one's going to be a really good one, so you got Baltimore at Cincinnati. So you got division rivals right there. Mm. Cincinnati's coming off a terrible loss. Baltimore won, but they were playing Houston and played really bad, too. Um, so like both teams are not playing to their norm right now, so we'll see who figures it out. Um, I'm leaning more towards Baltimore winning this game, but I'm not super confident with that. Cincinnati, I think is going to bounce back in a big way, but I do think Baltimore covers three and a half, which is one, another bet that I really like this week. Um, I think they at least cover, it's going to be a nail biter. It's going to be a close game overall. It always is. It it is very tough. Yeah. Um, And then, so then you have, this is to round out the early morning window for the games on Sunday. You got Chiefs at Jacksonville. Jacksonville's a good team. Chiefs should have Travis Kelsey back, which I think is going to help a lot. Yeah. I'm taking the money line, minus 162, the Chiefs. Over, I think, is hitting in this game, 51 and a half. Jacksonville's offense is legit, especially with Calvin Ridley. I don't know if you watched any of the games. He... He looked the part. He was looking good. And I think Chiefs cover minus three. So the ones on this uh, list right here that I really like, Chiefs, money line, Baltimore covering three and a half, Chargers covering minus three, the over of Detroit and Seattle game, and Green Bay minus one and a half. Um, so there you go. Perfect. Going into the afternoon slate, uh, 49ers at the Rams. I think 49ers take this. They looked really good. Rams are surprising, and I think they actually might cover the plus eight. So I'm going there, and I think this game hits the over. Got the Giants at Arizona. Both teams looked like Arizona's bad. Giants looked horrendous. I'd say it's hard. It's hard. Giants. I'm going. I'm going Giants for sure. I think they come back and bounce back. They're minus six, which is a little steep, but I'm still taking it. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't feel confident putting a bet on that. Uh, this game, I think hits the under as well. You got the jets at Dallas. Um, the over under is at 39 and a half. I think the jets struggle to score points, but I also think the Cowboys offense struggles to score points. 
because the Jets defense is nice. So mm-hmm. I'm taking the under in this game. That's one that I really like as well. Um, granted, 39 and a half is not a lot, but both these defenses are really, really good. And at least yeah. the Jets offense or passing game anyway is not good. So we'll see. Uh, Dallas, I think, wins. They cover nine and a half. So, yeah, not great for the Jets, but Dallas, I think, is going to be a really good team this year, especially after that week one showing. Washington at Denver. I think Denver loses again, (laughs) even though they're favorited. Uh, So I'm taking Washington plus 152. They are also plus 135. Uh, Not 135. They are plus three and a half, which is, I I really like that. So if I do, if Washington does lose, I think they're going to cover three and a half. So I think that that's another one that I really like. Miami at New England. I'm taking Miami money line is another bet that I really liked. Uh, their offense looked elite. Patriots defense looked good, but I don't think you can slow down Tyreek Hill. I just don't yeah. think you can, especially with Waddle there too. So I, I think that game is also going to hit the over too, which is 46 and a half. Cause I mean, like I said, Mac Jones looked better against mm-hmm. the Eagles last week. All right. Sorry. Two more. Um, you got the saints at Carolina. We talked about how bad Bryce Young looked last week. Saints have a really good defense. I'm taking a last one that I really, really like. Actually, another one that I really, really like is Saints minus three. Um, And again, that's going to be a low-scoring game. I'm taking the under. Rounding it off, Monday Night Football, you got the Browns at Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh looked horrible week one. Browns looked pretty good week one against a good Bengals team. So I'm taking Browns for my last one that I really, really like. Um, Browns minus 130. Rounds yep. it off. Yeah. Yep. yeah, I like the so, videos that you're putting out too with the uh the picks and everything as well and over unders and yeah. all that. So Yeah. I'm I still need to post uh a video, a little green screen for that, but it'll be out there so then you can see the visualize of what I'm talking about. But Perfect. um yeah. 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 I am feeling pretty confident with these. I mean week one it was kind of a shit show, but we gather information from the chaos, and we make informed decisions going forward. So I like the more information we have should kind of help to solidify a lot of these picks for not only me, but a lot of other people who make predictions and stuff. So um, unless you're Heidi, when you're just like rolling out the gates, usually this is kind of how it goes. There's so much turnover in the NFL year in and year out. Um, It's hard to know like the impact of rookies and everything like that and personnel changes, but in college, I mean, you have, like, grades to every single prospect. You can kind of – I feel like college football, you know who's going to be there a little more consistent than the NFL, but um, not to take anything away from Heidi because he's been rolling. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it is. I mean, and like you said, last week was just such a freaking uh... – it was just a wild card with all the games and how crazy they were. It's just like the elite teams played like dog shit. The Bengals. It's like the you most, would never the expect surprising. That. The Bengals and the Chiefs were the most surprising ones for me, honestly. I, I mean, I See, guess the Chiefs not having, you know, Kelsey, I guess. But like. And they didn't have Chris Jones, who also yeah. they agreed to terms and he's back now. And that's a big aspect of their one year defense. deal. I saw that. Yeah. Um. So. I do think all that being back and you can't sleep on Detroit. Detroit's a good team and they are well coached and everything. They, and I will say like, 
I think Travis Kelsey is a missing piece. I think too much pressure on those receivers. They don't have that top guy to really just like hold on to that pressure. Like everybody, like all those Chiefs receivers, no one could catch a single thing, yeah. especially Kadarius Tony. But if you have that solid guy, Travis Kelsey, that you can like get 10 catches out of, it lightens the load for everybody else. If they have a little bit more separation it makes their job a lot easier. So I do think, like, going forward, the whole receiving unit for the Chiefs, they looked horrible, but yeah. I think they're going to be better having some of the pressure taken off with Travis Kelsey there. And it's going to make yeah. a huge impact on that offense. Yeah. Well, I mean, and Kelsey's been Mahomes' guy for as long yeah. as Yeah, you know. and, like, their offense is designed around him. They had to change it all up with him gone, so it's yeah. obviously going to impact things. So sure. expect sure. a lot better days out of the Chiefs. For sure, for sure. Um, well, yeah, thanks for that section, Quinn. And now before we end the podcast, we're kind of changing it up a little bit. We have one last topic we want to discuss. Obviously, you know, when Heidi's not on the pod, Quinn and I like to talk Star Wars. So for all you nerds out there who are into the Star Wars universe as much as Quinn and I are, you're going to enjoy the section. If not, go ahead and fast forward to the end because this is the last part. So uh, pretty much it has been... An amazing four weeks because they put out two episodes the first week of the Ahsoka series. Uh, it's, um, you know, for all those fans out there, I know we talked about it before the show came out. If you didn't watch Rebels, you're probably just like, for a lot of scenes, what's going on? And if you haven't watched Rebels, it's still a hell of a freaking show. Uh, hell of a watch. Hell of a watch. Uh <laughs> And honestly, I mean, just just the gist, I mean, I really want to focus on this last episode that came out yesterday, episode five. Um, but just the gist of the first four episodes from seeing Ahsoka essentially on a mission to find Ezra Bridger. I'm not going to give a background story because if you haven't watched Ripples and catch up and you'll understand this, but essentially trying to find Ezra Bridger uh, still in contact with the uh uh, which we call the New Republic with Harris and Dula, who's obviously one of the leading commanders. And of course, you bring in Sabine Wren, who was a huge character in, in, in Rebels. So you already start to see these characters, Chopper from Rebels, coming to play in live action. And then, of course, just from the jump, you know, when you got the two, the two uh, Sith Lords coming to play that we've never been introduced before, we're still trying to see a background story on their, those two characters, which I'm fascinated to see. You have a witch of Dathomir who came into play, who's been a really fun character. She was actually a Mandalorian as well when Ahsoka was fighting her in that opening scene. Um, yeah. And then, of course, the unknown of finding General, you know, of Grand Admiral Thrawn and, and Ezra Bridger. Uh, it's been, it's just, it's felt like for the fans, like they just, we just picked up at the finale of Rebels, and here we are. Amidst, of course, the other content that's came out surrounding with, you know, Bad Batch, Mandalorian, everything else post, you know, going into the Empire, post-Empire, now leading into this new story. Um, And I think one of the biggest plots of Ahsoka so far has been the dynamic of Ahsoka and her training Sabine Wren and where that's led to. The past couple episodes, you've seen a lot of, you know, people saying, oh, your path has brought nothing but destruction and war, right? And you think of Ahsoka's path of her as a Padawan, again, this is if you watch the Clone Wars, uh, being under the craziest master and one of the best Jedi, in my opinion, the best Jedi of all time, Anakin Skywalker. And you think, and they brought up on the show a lot, the lineage of Jedis and how they've mastered to apprentice, mastered to apprentice. 
She's got a weird lineage, man. You've got Yoda, who trained Count Dooku, who turned to the dark side. You have Dooku, who trained Qui-Gon Jinn, who died in a very tragic way. You have Qui-Gon Jinn, that trained Obi-Wan. But then Obi-Wan, who trained Anakin, that didn't want to do so. And then you got Anakin, who's essentially brought up in the Clone Wars, then training Ahsoka, who's really brought up in the Clone Wars as a, as a young, young Padawan. And well, so, yeah, and I mean, Qui Gon was supposed to be Anakin uh, master correct. as well. So I mean, and that could have changed. They had to switch around. Yeah, that definitely. could have changed things. So like, yep. And then so now it leads to where Ahsoka is post Clone Wars and the and the in the cartoons, you know, during the Rebels, during Mandalorian, and now where she is right now, trying to hit that goal of finding Ezra Bridger, but also finding this almost who is she as a Jedi, and more importantly, who is she as a master to Sabine. As they obviously took a hiatus, which we found that out on the show, I guess Ahsoka was training Sabine Ren in the past, and then they, they they things weren't working out, and here they are again. So you're finding this disconnect, and 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 really, it's just been a tremendous show. And now, you know, leading up to episode five, where episode four it leads off to Ahsoka being in that unknown world, which we saw in Rebels when she saw uh, Ezra and her met up that uh, there in that unknown mm-hmm. galaxy, and. It's a bridge between different different galaxies, apparently. We're, we're going to find out more. Um, and so you, you she sees Anakin Skywalker in at the end of episode four, and then it picks right back up in episode five. And I just thought, I mean, what I got from it, and I mean, Quinn, I'll, I'll let you give your piece too. What I thought was when her and Anakin were going through the flashbacks of the Clone Wars, different scenes, different, you know, planets they're fighting on. God, when they showed the Siege of Mandalore, I almost lost my shit. But like that was nuts. That was insane. But when you but you're noticing Anakin and her getting older, more mature, you're seeing a change in Anakin's personality on purpose. Um, I think this is his force ghost, obviously just teaching her a lesson of of, of hopefully the, what I'm getting to. You see him go to the dark side. You see the flashbacks of when he was walking with the clone troopers and in the flash of Darth Vader. Oh, that my chills. God. That was uns. Oh, but, gosh. like, as I'm saying this right now, like, I'm, I'm literally getting chills. But, like, you think about it, and it's like, dude, Anakin was literally bred to be a destroyer at that time. That's why that's why Palpatine was in love with him. He's like, yep, this guy gets it. He He's my vision. He knows what he wants. He's grooming him and everything. <laughs> but, unfortunately... Ahsoka got the collateral damage as the Padawan of Anakin Skywalker because everything that he was, which if you watch the Clone Wars, you see the transition of Anakin when his mom dies, the Padme, the 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 uh, uh, the politics of Jedi, everything that happened within the Clone Wars that led to the demise of all the Jedi. Ahsoka was collateral damage for all of it, and so in the midst of her trying to figure out who she is as a Jedi. She's like, wait, but why are we fighting this war? And it affected her. And you saw that in the Clone Wars, too. She left because of the politics of the war and her getting blamed for something she didn't do. So the the, the relationship was already scarred. And in the meantime, I think that was the point of Anakin's lesson when he's like, live or die, right? Live or die. Well, guess what? There's another way you can choose to live and it doesn't have to be war. And I think that's kind of what the point was of Anakin coming back. I mean, we'll see more. We got three more episodes left, but I think that was kind of his lesson to Ahsoka before finding Ezra, before seeing Sabine again. It's like, hey, if you're about to make this next jump and in this next chapter of being a master and trying to build the Jedi up to what they used to be, you got to let go of the past of the Clone Wars because that was literally, literally devised 
by the Sith Lord Chancellor Palpatine between the separatists, separatists and uh, uh, I can't even think of the, the separatists and the uh, Jesus. What's the what's the word for the the Republic? Sorry, the Republic. Sorry, the separatists <laughs> and the Republic. And it's just like yeah. it was made from him, and and everyone else got collateral damage. So yeah, I just it was a powerful, powerful episode. Hayden Christensen, Chef's Kiss, and God, the lightsaber duels have been amazing this entire freaking season. Yes, that was one thing that stood out. Like, those battles between Ahsoka and Anakin were top-notch. All the Clone Wars footage was awesome. I I was telling you before the show, before the pod, um, my wife requested to watch more Star Wars content, and we started watching the Clone Wars. And then, like, two days later, we actually see the first live-action Glimpses of the Clone Wars, which was the coolest thing ever. Um, fantastic show. It's a grind, but fantastic show. Um, I So episode five, I think a lot of it was closure and opening up a new chapter for Ahsoka. Um, yeah. Like, she got closure with Anakin. Like, it's been tough on her ever since Like we see her in Rebels and she first recognizes that Darth Vader is Anakin. That killed her. And ever since then, like, even at the first part of the show... Like, I didn't care about it too much, but, like, I had uh, coworkers that are also watching it. They're like, she just seems so dark and just kind of, like, not even, like, interested in stuff. Then, like, you see her following all that interaction with Anakin, those flashbacks, everything. It's the first time you, like, actually see her, like, smile and, like, have, like, joy. You know, like, she has, like, gone past all that. She's kind of moved past it and grown from it and kind of accepted it into and then you see like the change of outfit she was like dark when she first approaches sabine she's wearing the light clothing she's kind of more on that path now she got into a very dark place and now she's like on the other side of it and i think it's gonna bode well for her going forward and especially for her relationship with sabine too um i think it's gonna make her a better master for sabine um Maybe a master for Jason one day, too, because that's pretty sick as well. We haven't even talked about that, but um, I think a lot of it was closure and opening up a new um, avenue for Ahsoka to, like, kind of have some fulfillment in her life because it's been, like, so dark, just been constant. And you see it throughout those transitions, like her conversations with um, Anakin, just, like, just being so dark and just so sad just fighting for no reason really and it's just like yeah well um, it, it, it was fantastic all of yeah, it well and that's a fan that's a really good point too because you think of the parallels of the obi-wan show that came out last year right obi-wan being anakin's master knowing lifetime what happened to him and thinking he actually killed him when he didn't and turned into darth vader and i mean I think I said on the podcast about Obi-Wan, I think that show was a lot about mental health, right? In a sense of like, dude, like Obi-Wan, man, it wasn't on you. Like Anakin, he took that path, whether you were the greatest master of all time or not. Like it was, he was twisted. He was, he was, he had a cursed life from the jump. And and then when you look at Ahsoka, oh, go ahead. I just had a thought too. I think part of the closure Ahsoka may have felt that like she probably, because like even some of the conversations with Anakin, like, He's just like, yeah, you gotta, you gotta battle, you gotta kill, like basically, like you can see the darkness in it, and like when he's walking away, you see the flash, flashbacks and stuff, or like the glimpses of Vader. She's seeing like, wow, he was kind of on that trajectory this whole time. It wasn't yes. my departure that 
ultimately it led him to go that way, which I'm Bingo. sure she was. And that's feeling. what I'm saying. Like yeah. the, the 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 intertwining of both of their stories with with uh, I, all three of them, in my opinion, are together. Obi-Wan, Ahsoka and Anakin. They're a trio in my eyes, all three of them. Right. And so you have Obi-Wan dealing with his grief in one end. Like, dude, this guy was a little brother to me. What have I done? Did I fail him? And then you got Ahsoka, like you just said, figuring out like, shit, what was right and wrong? The entire time she was taught by Anakin, the entire time he was on the path of being Darth Vader, period. So everything she was taught from him, in a sense, I don't want to say it was Sith-like, but to a degree, it kind of was. Because you see Ahsoka, even when, in Rebels, when they're like, oh, what Jedi are you? She's like, I am no Jedi. It's badass. I mean, it's badass mm -hmm. as hell. But you see, she was so done with the Jedi Order in Clone Wars when she left. And, and then, you know, there was a hiatus of a season where she wasn't there and she picks back up. She's just trying to figure out who the hell she is, not just as herself as a person, but as a Jedi. Because who, who are the Jedi? And I said that to you offline last week when she met her two friends in the Clone Wars the last season. I forget their names right now, but those two girls who are sisters and she helps them out mm -hmm. in those four episodes, that arc. Um, that's when you start seeing a little bit of a light in Ahsoka. Like, wait, yeah, this is what I wanted to do. I wanted to help people as a Jedi. This was our, this is our main goal. And then again, in Rebels, she joins the, the Rebel Alliance, etc. She's finding a cause. But in all those stories, as your friends co or co-worker said, she, she's like dark, trying to figure it out. Who am I? She's still a badass. But, mm -hmm. but you're right. You're right, though. Now that closure of Anakin is like, listen, Anakin was a great master. He really was. But you, what he taught you, not everything is life or death, survive or, or or not survive. And that's all Anakin was really teaching her. And hey. He had to for the times, but it ain't the Clone Wars anymore. For sure. Yeah. And it's interesting because, I mean, you mentioned like we're kind of now caught up and everything with Rebels, which I mean, we're a little past now. But like at the very last scene of Rebels, you see like Sabine touching the painting and stuff, which the parallels that they had with the Ahsoka show was awesome with that. Amazing. But when Ahsoka approaches uh, Sabine, she's in dark clothing and stuff and like now she has transitioned to that same lighter clothing at this point after dealing with all that stuff so it's i'm excited for these last three episodes i'm sad that we're gonna have so little ezra and thrawn this season if we even see ezra like we've seen previews of thrawn so he's right. got to be in there um but like ezra has been very minimal um i really hope we get a little bit of that but i mean it obviously is setting the door for more in the future season I two i think there's gonna there, be there has to be because there be. there's got to be something with that because you can't just have thrawn for like an no. episode no. that just that makes no sense at all um but we haven't even mentioned in this last episode with ahsoka communicating with pergil seeing them go into hyperspace with ahsoka's ship in their mouth that huge one and take off that was the coolest thing ever um like i we i think when we first saw pergo we were like oh i want to see them go into light speed and like all that and then we saw it it was so yeah. cool it was so I, cool i know i was gonna bring up just side characters in general the pergo obviously seeing them in live action I, it's just like it's just so cool like they're they're just awesome looking creatures and you know the impact they had in rebels so it's just like oh cool like pergos all right like that's awesome and then Jason Sindula, obviously the son of, mm -hmm. of Kanan and Hera. He has been awesome in his role. Yeah. 
like yeah. the best friends with with chop chopper being Chopper's as sassy like as ever. guardian oh gosh that's so, so cool. cool yeah um hu yang a a side but so such a cool character in the clone wars then you see him live action and he's awesome too like his interaction with Jason in episode five was awesome. Going to the ship, like, oh, can you train me? No. <laughs> I thought it was so funny. Uh, that was funny. Yeah, and, and then uh, I'm, uh, there's a couple other side characters I'm, I'm probably missing, but it's just been it's just been a breath of fresh air. This is peak Star Wars. This is honestly peak Star Wars. It's 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 adding on top of a cartoon show that maybe a lot of people didn't watch, and Dave Filoni and, and John Favreau yet again. You guys have freaking hit it out of the ballpark. It's it's we're five episodes in and I I don't want it to end. It's been sweet. Yeah. We've talked about it before. Like Kenobi was the show for you that you were like just dying for. Ahsoka was mine. Like after yeah. watching Rebels the first time, it's just like I love these characters. Ahsoka is probably my I would say my favorite character in all of Star Wars is Ahsoka. Oh, wow. Um she she's so cool. Um so like this has been an awesome experience and I'm excited to see where it goes. And then obviously re- listening to the Thrawn trilogy, which now I know there's another trilogy and another book of it. Like there's so much Thrawn content out there, mm-hmm. um, which you still need to listen to, by the way. Like I'm very curious what happens with him. I don't think it's going to be so black and white what it seems like, like because he's been gone. Yeah, I, I'm, I don't know if there's even been communication because he... His intentions with joining the Empire or like being a part of the Empire is not what it necessarily seemed. Um, he's not necessarily like that. So okay. like, I you learn more that. about that. It is, it is so cool. Oh my gosh, Thrawn's an amazing character, and I'm excited to see him live action. And I hope it's more than just one episode. Yeah, I like I said, you know, offline to you, I think last week these extra shows we're getting the mandalorian especially the recent mandalorians ahsoka it's leading to the trilogy of movies for you know uh the force awakens uh the rise of skywalker and the last jedi uh or last jedi and the rise of skywalker it's trying to save that trilogy essentially but that's what's happening though you're seeing this fat build up with oh sorry bad batch too like you're seeing yep. you're seeing this fat build up with leading towards everything that you see in those three movies that it's like, okay, I think they're really like trying to piece it together in a super massive way to at least save what would happen with those three movies. At least make it make sense. It still sucks, but yeah. less sucky kind of. Yeah. Um, yeah. For sure. We've together. talked yeah. about that some, but yeah, yeah. Those and movies and will just, still just, suck. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I mean, just ending it real quick too. I, that's, that is cool to hear that Ahsoka is your favorite character. She has such a, complex story and it's it's so cool how did you watch that uh ahsoka documentary by the way it was only seven minutes the ahsoka yeah thing. yeah okay yeah it was really good it was, it good. was really cool but, but yeah. the part that i that really got to me was when dave filoni was being taught by george lucas about ahsoka and when george lucas said ahsoka is going to be anakin's padawan and dave filoni's like what are you talking about anakin doesn't have a padawan he said anakin has a padawan that yes <laughs> I, I got chills again like that right there was like yeah because filoni yeah, created filoni, ahsoka go yeah. make your own story now and it was a hell of a yeah. fucking story and that's the coolest part is the development of ahsoka just from dave filoni himself i mean the guy must feel amazing a, a cartoon like, he made i know it's so cool and like 
being able to incorporate it into probably something he grew up loving and like seeing Favreau's comments on George Lucas being the master to Filoni and <laughs> Filoni being his apprentice was so perfect. So, that was so awesome. And it's so, so true. Filoni yeah. has saved this franchise. Not that it was like ever like going to ever go away, but like he's everything like, he's put out is just like bringing it back and like yeah. It was not like this level of hype when I was growing up. Obviously, our parents, sure, but it's yeah. really at its peak since it first came out. Yeah, and and yeah, it's it's yeah, and seeing him just develop this character and she's a star of her own and props forever to Ashley Eckstein and Rosario Dawson. You two have been at the epicenter of everything, obviously, with Ashley Eckstein voicing Ahsoka in the Clone Wars and Rebels, and then I mean Rosario Dawson. I, I don't. You're not going to, you may hear this. I don't know. Maybe one day we'll, we'll be famous and you'll hear this podcast. But thank you so freaking much for putting all the effort you did into the lightsaber duels because it shows. And for me, you're making five year old Alberto super happy because these lightsaber duels that have been going on between both of them and those those Sith characters and, you know, uh, 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 Balin and all that. And, and of course, now with Ahsoka and Anakin after last night's uh, episode. It's just been top tier lightsaber duels. I'm like, thank you. Like, that's awesome. <laughs> that's so cool. And yeah. and then again, shout out to Hayden Christensen for making his little appearance yesterday and and just just hitting it out of the ballpark, man. His voice just they of course you know made him look younger with the CGI and he looks he looked great, but still it just it's been a great show. Been a great show. So definitely a lot of closure all around, especially for those characters who wanted a little more. Hayden Christensen, Anakin, because I mean, in Clone Wars we see it, and it's just he's such a badass character. Um, I'm excited to rewatch Clone Wars, which I get to look forward to now. But I know uh, watching yeah, Ahsoka has uh, got me inspired again to watch the cartoons all over. <laughs> yeah, I want to rewatch Rebels, and I just watched it not that long ago. But anyways, Ahsoka's been great. If you haven't watched it, go watch all the other stuff, and then watch it. <laughs> not or just watch Ahsoka. Or just watch Ahsoka, and then it'll probably inspire you to want to watch the other stuff so you can understand Ahsoka more. So, yeah, it's been great. It's been great. Yep. I love it. So that is pretty much all for tonight. Thank you again to everyone who tunes in to listen. Uh, We're really happy about doing that little nerd part about Star Wars. So when Heidi's not here, we have a lot of fun with that. So uh, as always, you can listen to this podcast. Let's do it even when he is here. Let's do it when he is here. Star Wars McTennis. Yeah, Star Wars yep, There you go. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, you, you can always listen to this podcast anywhere you listen. Uh, make sure you rate and review it. Subscribe if you have a chance. And again, follow us on all of our social media platforms. We're putting out a lot of cool, a lot of cool content these days. So I am your host, Burt Bulk. Until next time, may the force be with you. Thank you, everybody. Thank you. <laughs>